If you'll say with me the prayer of illumination. O risen Christ, open us to the power of your resurrection as we hear it proclaimed anew this day, that we too might rise to new life in you. Amen. Hear now this reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and indeed is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Great is the mystery of the gospel. You may be seated, Easter people. I don't know about you, but I have gotten goosebumps this morning. Hearing all of the voices singing of Christ's resurrection, the brass, the bells, the flowers, the beautiful glowing robes have lifted my spirits and helped me feel the power of Easter and the message that is proclaimed to us this day. I have to confess I wasn't quite sure I could get where I needed to be for Easter morning. For I've been in a Good Friday kind of place for about two weeks now. I imagine you have too. And around about two o'clock on yesterday afternoon, I thought, I'm still in a Good Friday place. Most of that is due to the fact that as a community we have suffered such a horrible tragedy on March 27th at the Covenant School and our hearts are still heavy and we still carry that grief. And in the days that unfolded after the turmoil and the tumult and uncertainty and all that has unfolded has weighed us down as a community and as people of faith. It's also in part caused by the fact that normally When I'm preaching on Sunday, I spend a lot of time during the week pondering the scripture and the message and preparing myself for Sunday. But this Holy Week, I was preaching on Good Friday. We had a joint service, several congregations on Friday night at Gordon Memorial United Methodist Church. And there were seven preachers and each one of us was given one of the last sayings of Jesus 
to offer a short meditation on. And the phrase I was given was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so I spent most of this week pondering that moment when Jesus felt forsaken on the cross. But I told myself, I've got plenty of time all day Saturday to, to get myself in the Easter mode. And yesterday was rather dreary, wasn't it? Just gray and rainy and I just, I had a hard time getting myself up out of the chair. And when I finally started thinking and taking my walk, it just wasn't there. But then I began to realize as I walked that Saturday, Holy Saturday, was a certain kind of moment for Jesus' followers. They had seen their Lord and Savior crucified, and he was gone. And they were sitting in that time of, of darkness and emptiness and defeat and helplessness and despair. We know that the 11 who remained of Jesus' 12 disciples had fled into the night on Good Friday. They were all in hiding, and with good reason. The Roman Empire had a habit of not only executing people who were considered enemies of the state, leaders of rebellions, but their followers too. And so they had a good reason to be scared and to go into hiding. And then there were the women. Matthew tells us there were three women who were at the cross and who watched Jesus be placed in the tomb by Joseph of Arimathea. They were Mary Magdalene, whom Jesus had healed. He had cast out seven demons from her and she had followed him the rest of her life, all through Galilee and all the way to Jerusalem. There was Mary, the mother of James and Joseph. She's called the other Mary in chapter 28. And if we piece together the piece puzzle pieces from Matthew's gospel, we can deduce it was probably Jesus' mother. She had sons named James and Joseph. So Jesus' mother had watched as her child's body was placed in a tomb. And at that burial moment, there was also the mother of the sons of Zebedee. And they sat there and watched Joseph of Arimathea roll the stone in front of the tomb. And they stayed and watched as the soldiers of Rome came and sealed the tomb. A double seal. It is doubly closed. It is over. It is done with. All hope is lost. And they saw it happen. And then the Sabbath day came and they stayed home and they waited in that grief. And then, for some reason... Two of the women decided as Sunday morning dawned to go back to the tomb. There was nothing left they could do. They had nothing to do in going there. But maybe they're so much like us. You know how sometimes we need to go visit those grave sites of people we've loved. Maybe it gives us closure. Maybe it helps us stay connected to the person that we've lost. I don't really know why these two women, Mary Magdalene and Jesus' mother, went back. But I think I can guess. They go back there expecting a sealed-up tomb. 
knowing that death has had the final say and he's gone. But that's not what they find. And one of the beautiful details I noticed in this story is that God waits until the women get there. And once they have sat down, now God has an audience. And there is an earthquake. And an angel comes down and rolls the stone away and then sits on it as if to say, hey, wasn't that something? Look, nothing is in there. The angel says, don't be afraid. I know why you're here. You came here expecting that Jesus, the crucified one, would be here. You came expecting death. You came expecting closure and an end to all of your hopes, but I am here to tell you, he is not here. For he has been raised. Now go and tell the disciples that he is going ahead to Galilee before you and he will meet you there. And Matthew describes the women as full of fear and joy all at the same time, feeling all the feelings, but they've heard what they needed to hear and they start running to go and do exactly what the angel told them to do. They are going to tell the disciples that Jesus has been raised. They believe it. But even so, even though they believe it and they're already taking off in their mission that they've been assigned, Jesus appears to them anyway. It's as if Jesus wants to offer them this special gift. They're not just the messengers of the news. They get to experience the risen Christ for themselves. His friend, Mary Magdalene, and his mother get to grab his feet and take hold of him once again and worship him with their own eyes and hearts and love. And then Jesus says to them pretty much exactly what the angel had said, except with one little word that's different. Jesus says, don't be afraid, but go and tell my brothers that I go ahead to the, for them in Galilee. For the first time, Jesus calls his disciples brothers. They're still in hiding. They're still afraid. They're still in the dark. They still believe he's dead, that death has had the final say, that the empire has won. And yet he has already forgiven them. He is already calling them family and embracing them and giving them a mission. So we see the risen Christ offering the women the grace of his presence, offering the 11 disciples the grace of reclaiming them as family and giving them all a mission. Meet me in Galilee and I'll give you your words of instruction. Now we didn't hear these words read this morning, but the next thing we know, the disciples are in Galilee at the top of a mountain where Jesus had summoned them. We don't know what mountain. It may be the mountain where Jesus preached the sermon on the mount. And they can look out and see all around them. And Jesus says, now I want you to go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them all of the things that I have commanded you. And what has Jesus commanded? Love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. Go now from this moment and show the world and teach the world and proclaim to the world love. And that's our mission too, my friends. That is what Jesus calls us to do as we go from this place, having experienced the good news of resurrection, having been assured that life has conquered death, that love has conquered hate, that vulnerable love has overcome the powers of empire and is set loose in the world. Jesus sends us out with that same message and with his power, not with our power, with his power. We have a lot of work to do in this world, my friends. There's a lot of work that love has yet to do. And in those moments when we feel our knees growing weak and our hearts growing weary, let us remember this day and the power of resurrection. And let us remember Jesus' final words to his disciples on the top of the mountain. Remember, I am with you always even to the end of the age.